Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. The legislative session is underway. What can we expect from the 114th General Assembly? We have three stellar reporters from the WPLN News Desk here with me now to break it down. Joining me are education reporter Alexis Marshall, healthcare reporter Catherine Sweeney, and political reporter Blaze Ganey. It's good to see you all. Happy Thursday. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so Alexis, we know that the governor's proposal to expand school vouchers will be a dominant theme in this legislative session. What else should be on people's radars? A big thing is going to be fourth grade retention. You may be familiar mm. with hearing about third grade retention. That yes. was last year's law. Uh, but there's a component of that that is carrying over into this year. Uh, and basically it puts a lot of fourth graders who participated in summer camp and tutoring this year at risk of being held back from the fifth grade. So that's something that's on people's radars uh, and something that we heard about yesterday in a Senate committee meeting. Uh, we've also got ever-present sort of culture wars issues. Uh, we've already seen some bills being introduced um, that could be construed as L- anti-LGBTQ, uh, targeting library materials again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and school safety is going to be on people's minds again. We're getting close to the one-year anniversary of the Covenant school shooting, and that has still been on a lot of people's hearts and minds. All right. Now, you attended a press conference on Tuesday with some elementary schoolers who came to the Capitol calling for gun reform. Here's what Mabel Weiss had to say. I'm nine years old, and I want to address that I did not and do not feel safe in my own house and school. Some days I walk through my school school door think I'm going to die from the gun violence. That's really and truly heartbreaking and hard to hear coming from a kid so young. What was the vibe in the room when, when Mabel shared their thoughts? I mean, it was really somber. You had some moms who were lined up on one side of the room that had like, tears streaming down their face. And one thing that you can't see when you hear that clip is that uh, they actually had to step up on a little step stool to be able to get to the microphones and like see over the lectern. So mm. it was just it was a really somber moment. Wow. Did you get a chance to talk to Mabel? I got to talk to one of the other students who had spoken earlier at the press conference uh, who had had a friend at the Covenant School on the day when three students and three adults were shot back in March of last year. And she said that it was just really hard to see her friend be afraid of things that she had never thought to be afraid of, like going to the movies Mm. and like wanting bulletproof glass on her house. Wow. Wow. Now, Catherine, for years and years, abortion has been the major issue here in Tennessee at the State House. Is that still the case? I think it's definitely one of the top health issues. Um, I don't know about the overall big issues. I think education's really getting the spotlight. But when it comes to abortion, I think some of the fight is over more of the nitty gritty details. Uh, Tennessee is one of many states that has some exceptions for medical emergencies, but the the exceptions are really vague. It leaves doctors with a lot of guesswork on whether they're going to be protected to try to save a patient's life or if they're going to be facing prison time for doing that. There's a lot of um, doctors who are pushing to really clarify 
what is enough, you know, what what is dangerous enough, what counts, um, you know, when can we do this to save our patients? All right. So what other issues are people going to be looking out for on the healthcare front? Yeah, on the healthcare front, I mean, I think one big issue is going to be um, drug overdoses and how to address that. Tennessee is second in the nation for the number of people dying of drug overdoses and drug-related deaths. But another big thing is going to be tin care. Um, there's a lot of concern that it's not paying doctors and other providers enough, and that's really kind of hurting rural providers a lot. Wow. Wow. I'm glad that you're on top of this. Now, Blaze, we know it's a legislative session. The 114th General Assembly, the 113th, pardon me, pardon me, sorry, y'all, correction, 113th General Assembly. Now, before any business can happen at the Capitol, rules of procedure have to be passed. They passed the rules for this session. Did anything stick out to you? Several things stuck out to me. Um, just to start, I want to list a couple of them. House Rule num- Number 19, uh, it makes sure that members, when they speak out of order, get punished. So if you speak out of order once, you just have to sit down and stop talking on that subject. The second time, your time is reduced anytime you try to debate going on. So they get five minutes to debate. It then gets cut to two. Another uh, infraction gets it you know, deleted. You don't get to talk at all. It's like and soccer. That, Exactly. You get red carded and and you get essentially not kicked out, but you just can't speak for the next day, that day and the next day. Wow. Um, Rule number 35 allows no props in or out of session. This prevents lawmakers from bringing in anything that they want to help prove a point. Uh, Notable in 2016, Representative Mike Stewart uh, brought a semi-automatic rifle that he had just purchased purchased, um, through an online transaction with somebody. Uh, no background check to emphasize the need for background checks, enhanced background checks. Um, so that things like that can't be done. And then Rule 49 allows the House Speaker to give each chamber an allotted time for debate on a specific bill. So say the, um, a health care bill like abortion, they would say, hey, you get 30 minutes, the whole chamber, and that's it. But he can also say 10 minutes. I mean, he can make it all up on his own. Nobody else can veto or um, have anything to do with that. And Representative Justin Jones here in Nashville actually had a, a pretty bold statement about, you know, how he felt about these rules. And so I want to make clear that these rules are not about Democrats versus Republicans, but it's about each of us as members and a speaker who is drunk with power. He was actually ruled out of order for saying that, mm. uh, the drunk with power part, and uh, was, you know, not allowed to continue speaking. Have you spoken to any other representatives and members of the legislative body about these rules and their ability to work within them? Oh, I mean, they think that the rules limit speech. It limits debate. Why put a time on debate is what they're saying when we should just be open to debate freely. The only thing that stops debate is when somebody gets up and calls the question, which is usually what a Republican candidate would do, um, a representative would do if he wants, okay, all I'm done hearing all this stuff. Let's just go ahead and take the vote. Republicans have the supermajority. They're going to win if they want to pass a bill. So what do you expect moving forward as far as legislation that is going to be addressed and potentially passed? Well, the school voucher bill is is the biggest thing this year. Um, a lot of people are a lot of Democrats and, and some parents also of public school students are upset because it'll send money outside of the public school system in a time when we're talking about possibly not accepting federal education funding. Um, there are other bills that 
Um, I'm also looking at some that are just shocking. One would bar members from running for re-election for up to four years if they are expelled. Hmm. The only two members expelled recently are Representative Justin Jones and uh, Representative Justin J. Pearson. So it one could one could assume that that sort of targets them. Um, and another would make House rules exempt from any legal challenges. During special session, we saw a legal challenge raised about uh, people holding up signs. So that poses a really big problem uh, moving forward. Now, Lexi, Blaze mentioned one of the biggest pieces of legislation he sees being the school voucher situation. Do you see any of the stories on your beat that are crossing over with Blaze's or Catherine's that, you know— discuss what they've been talking about. I I think that school vouchers is certainly one that's going to uh, kind of span both me and Blaze's beats. But then there's also a lot of crossover between what happens on the healthcare side of things, because we know that children's health affects how well they're able to learn. Um, You know, so there's so many different intersections when you're talking about education, because uh, kids don't live in a vacuum and uh, the way that politics works in Tennessee and healthcare works in Tennessee definitely impacts their quality of life, how they grow up and uh, how well prepared they are to go into the classroom and learn. All right. You know, you all have been at the state capitol for the past week and you're going to be there for the foreseeable foreseeable future. What's it like? What's the vibe like at the capitol while you all are covering your beats? Catherine, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I this is my first session, so um, I'm not as familiar as as uh, Blaze and Lexi. But I listened to a hearing yesterday, just giving an update on the state of health in Tennessee, and it was really interesting the things that it kind of felt like people were allowed to say and the things they weren't allowed to say. So they were talking about how not enough people have access to health care, even though Tennessee is one of the states that doesn't have this big doctor shortage, primary care shortage. And they're talking about people not having insurance and how the state could give people insurance, but they would not use the words like Obamacare. They wouldn't use the words Medicaid expansion. It just like wasn't said out loud. Mm. So that was really interesting. All right. Blaze, you're out there, you know, doing profiles even with these state legislatures and lawmakers. Yeah, I would say um, the the tension that was in the room during the expulsion from Representative Jones and Representative Pearson is still there. It hasn't left. If any, if anything, it's intensified. Uh, I, I think I put in our Slack that you could cut the tension in the air with a plastic spork. I mean, it's just wow. It's, it's just that thin, and it, see, it feels like at any moment it could snap in there. Um, and it's just just not a good way to start the session. But we'll see moving forward now that these rules are passed if they actually get things in order and. What, what, what goes on? Lexi? I would echo that. I think that it has been tense so far in the time that I've been uh, up at the Capitol and talking to lawmakers and hearing from constituents. So um, definitely bracing myself for an eventful session. And, uh, yeah, going to see how how everything unfolds. Okay, big prediction time. <laughs> what is a prediction that each of you have for this legislative session? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll say um, somebody will be, you know, this Rule 19 where somebody's not allowed to speak for a day, that will be used. Um, I mean, they are seemingly waiting to use it on most, more than likely Representative Justin Jones. He actually walks out, walks around with a bag that one of his constituents made that says out of order on it. Mm. It's, you can find the picture on Twitter. Um, but it's actually just really funny because he's ruled out of order uh, so often. Um, and, and, it's, and it's not anything against him. I think it's just 
sort of the nature of the energy towards him. Now, Justin Jones is one of the prominent young Democrats in the legislative body. Do you think there's a chance that this rule will be used against a Republican legislator? I mean, the Democrats could call a point of order and, and ask for it to be applied. But the end of it is that it goes to a vote in the chamber. So uh, they have 75 to 24 advantage when it comes to the vote. Yeah. We'll see. Catherine, Lexi, you got have any big, bold predictions? <laughs> I think I'm too new to have those, but you can ask me next year. OK, OK. <laughs> I am going to expect the unexpected with the way that the voucher bill gets rolled out. Mm. I've heard that there's some hesitancy from rural folks about the voucher bill. And so um, that's what I'll have my eye on. All right. I want to thank all of these stellar reporters from the WPLN News Desk, political reporter Blaze Ganey, education reporter Alexis Marshall, and healthcare reporter Catherine Sweeney. You can check out their stories and updates at WPLN.org. Thanks so much, y'all. Thank you. We're taking a short break. When we come back, we'll hear from social justice explorer Jerome Moore with the latest edition of Diversely Segregated. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Lake Alona, and this is Nashville. Podcaster and producer Jerome Moore is back with the latest edition of Diversely Segregated. Today, he sat down with Marcus Knight, a recent graduate of Belmont University. Listen as they talk about performative allyship from the Gen Z perspective. Without further ado, here is Diversely Segregated. Yeah, performative allyship is <laughs> a strong force. Um, I'll tell you that. Um, I do think there is a good portion of Nashville that really does want an equitable society. Hello, I am Jerome Moore. You may have heard me on WPLN before, but here I am again, coming to you as a national native and explorer of social change. Growing up in Nashville, Tennessee, I honestly didn't think about diversity or segregation because I grew up in my black bubble. It wasn't until I entered the Peace Course and traveled to Paraguay that I really started to get curious about exploring diversity, intersecting with how I build power in communities. This pivotal exposure propelled me into transformative experiences across Costa Rica, China, and the Philippines, teaching me more about the world, life, and further igniting my dedication as an explorer of social change. Returning back home to Nashville, I've continued to explore my hometown through my podcast, Deep Dish Conversations, and also my television show, A Slice of the Community, that airs on Nashville Public Television. As a native Nashvillian, it's hard not to notice the growth of this city and how it's becoming more diverse, but also segregated. So what I've decided to do is talk with people like you, living in or around Nashville, to explore this idea of being diversely segregated. Marcus Knight, a recent college graduate and Chattanooga native, shares challenges and opportunities in embracing diversity within a vibrant city of Nashville. We explore the nuances of diversity, equity, and inclusion, providing a unique and refreshing outlook on the ever-evolving landscape of our communities. I, I think that diversity, and this might be a hot take, but I think diversity is one of those words that maybe has lost its potency a little bit. Um, 
someone once said that diversity is just having different groups of people, but it doesn't really attack any larger issues of inclusion or equity or belonging. And so you can have a lot of different groups of people, just like you can have a lot of things in a salad. (laughs) You can have all different types of people, backgrounds, religions, what have you, but still there be very clear divisions amongst socioeconomic statuses, amongst, you know, levels in jobs and careers. There's a lot of different ways for you to have the people there, but still have them very separate, very apart from each other. Is it possible that the term diversity has lost some of its impact? Are we merely assembling a varied assortment of individuals without truly addressing the underlying challenges of inclusion, equity, and belonging? I think there is always a way to to change and to adapt. I also think that when you're talking about long-term change or influence or growth, We have to realize that living in a new place, having success in a new place, should never be a zero-sum game. So if I come in here looking for a better life, a better business, a better job, what have you, someone else should not have to lose because I came here. And that can be, of course, me as a Black man, I, I think of gentrification and I think of kind of the pushing of other people out so that other people can come in. That's for anybody. Like, Mm -hmm. it should be a place where it's more of a melting pot where anyone can come, anyone can thrive, things of that nature. Of course, that kind of goes into some more, like, economic things, some more political things, you know, having the right leaders in place that will have a well-rounded view of all the people that live here having, you know, resources for people to afford housing, to afford their own kind of life infrastructure, um, how they live, how they eat, how they shop, how they build, how they grow, how they have a family. There's so many things to think about when it comes to um, being able to build your life and your legacy in a place like Nashville. Is Nashville's booming growth attracting a diverse crowd of dreamers and entrepreneurs? While country music still dominates, Nashville has become a hub for various arts, businesses, and cultures, drawing individuals eager to kickstart their dreams. The growth in Nashville, though promising, raises questions about honoring the city's historical occupants. How can a city balance the influx of new opportunities with the responsibility to those who have long stewarded its resources? I also think that the louder voice is of the performative ally, of the person that wants Nashville to look a certain way, but not behave a certain way. And when you talk about being truly diverse, not just in skin tone, but in everything, that requires a different level of thinking, being, doing, feeling. It's got to go beyond just, can we meet the status quo? Or can we get this award or can we, you know, prove to who knows who Mm -hmm. that we're doing, quote, the good work and we're doing it well. I think, especially now, um, I'm 24 and I know for a fact that especially Gen Z people who are starting their lives, starting their 20s, things of that nature, when they come to a place like Nashville that is known for 
uh, getting your start and getting your growth started, they are so much more value-based rather than profit or self-based. Now, again, there, you got some crazy people off to the side, but for the most part, people are like, is this going to be equitable? Is this going to be sustainable? We, we talk a lot about uh, environmental and sustainability things. Um, is this going to be something that I can give to my children and my children's children? It's something that's going to be bigger than yourself. And if we can get... If we can get to the humanity of things rather than the the performative and kind of the the surface identity of things, I think that's where you start making actionable change. Are we ready to move beyond the surface, beyond performative gestures, and truly embrace diversity in its entirety, especially for the emerging generation like Gen Z? Stepping into Nashville, the focus is shifting from mere appearances to deeper values. It's about equity, sustainability, and building a legacy beyond ourselves. So when it comes to creating meaningful change, are you willing to dwell into the humanity of things rather than settling for superficial identity? I see it as first finding common ground. Someone once said that the, the the truest form of growth is when you play like a jazz combo. And for a while I was like, okay, I'm a musician, but I still don't know what you mean by that. And they explained it to where if you have the basic melody of any chorus or verse, and you know that hands down, front to back, left to right, anything that you play on top of that is beauty on top of that. It's, it's adding the extra oomph, the extra flavor on top of what you already know to be true. I think what trips us up is that when we want to be so-called equitable or inclusive, we already start off the bat with different areas of baseline thought. We already talk about who deserves to have rights who doesn't, or who deserves to create wealth for themselves and who doesn't, who deserves to have inheritance and who doesn't, who deserves to be able to walk on the sidewalk or, you know, have good transportation or, you know, have healthy food, who deserves this or don't, I guess. Um, And so as long as we can get to the baseline, for me, I feel like me as a young person, as someone who's a creative, as someone who is finding their way through, you know, learning about all different types of things throughout his life, I think being able to be that connector of people and being that connector of ideas and places and things helps create that solid bottom line. And that alone is going to take a diverse group. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can't be one or the other. It has to be both and. If If we keep going with the either or, if we go you up and me down, you're always going to have somebody at a disadvantage. Have you ever stopped to think about the impact of your daily choices? Creating a space that embraces everyone requires active participation from everyone. It's not just about complaining. It's about taking steps to make a difference. So ask yourself, are you electing leaders who truly understand the issues? Are you staying informed and open-minded? Do you venture out? Explore different social circles 
or support diverse businesses. Even the smallest actions like breaking through biases or saying a simple hi to your neighbor can shape a more inclusive world. What steps will you take today to contribute to the growth of humanity and also combat being diversely segregated? When you're trying to make a space that is good for everyone, it requires participation from everyone. Because in my brain, I don't want to hear you complain about the way that something is and you've made no steps to make it better. And I'm not saying that we have to become president of the United States tomorrow, but that is, you know, electing just leaders who know what's going on, being able to stay updated, being able to venture out, go out to different social gatherings or trying new churches or investing into black, brown, woman-owned businesses or, you know, having a diverse following on social media. There's so many little ways, even just being able to push past initial biases or perceptions of people and saying hi to somebody on the street or in your neighborhood. There's, there's little things that you can get to the core of humanity with. And as long as we can kind of sprinkle those things in day by day, I think over time, you'll see a lot more growth than you think. As always, I invite you to explore social change with me and take this as an invitation to become a part of the solution. Let's talk about Nashville being diversely segregated. Do you think it is? Do you think it's not? Either way, I'm curious to hear from you. Feel free to email me at explore at jeromeilmore.com. And remember, change yourself, change your community, change your world. Thanks. Many thanks to Jerome Moore and Marcus Knight for that riveting conversation. Again, if you want to talk to Jerome, just hit explore at jeromelmore.com or email us at thisisnashville at wpln.org. Now, do you take the bus? Do you enjoy it? Chris Crofton asked this question for the latest edition of his opinion piece, Nashville Confidential. Let's join him on his journey. Hello and welcome to Nashville Confidential with Chris Crofton. I'm walking down Gallatin Road. In Madison, I'm trying to get to Cheekwood today on the bus. You're crazy for taking the bus. Well, I'm crazy, so what's the fuss? Two whole days on that stinking bus. Yes. And I sleep fine. Okay, I see a bus stop. I got to cross Gallatin Road. There's no crosswalk. So wish me luck. This is how people get run over. Crossing Gallatin right now. Big trucks coming by me. Big pickup trucks. I made it. On my way to the bus stop. And when I say bus stop, I mean a sign stuck in the ground with a picture of a bus on it. Did I mention it's 40 degrees? There's no enclosure or anything. A little longer than a few minutes later. No bus yet. It's been about, been about 10 minutes. And it is cold. I am uh, cold. Okay, I think the bus is coming. Yes, the 56 is here. Hi. If I want to get a, a day pass, how do I get it? I can't buy a ticket here? No. Exact change? Yes. Okay. Cash. I think I have it. Can I get it? And, okay. Man, I needed exact change to get on the bus and I didn't have it. So things are off to a rocky start. 
Okay, so I'm on the bus. I'm on bus 56. Uh, I thought I could buy a pass, a day pass on the bus, but it turned out you needed $2 uh, exact change. And now I'm headed down Gallatin Road. Uh, there's about uh, uh, 10 people on the bus. The bus driver was very nice. He's completely enclosed in a plexiglass cube. Just crossing Douglas. I downloaded the um, app, which it seems like is the best way to pay for the bus. If you feel like uh, giving um, all your info, like your your email and, and your mom's maiden name for the uh, security questions. But uh, anyway, I downloaded the quick ticket by WeGo. And so now uh, I'm we're going right by the, um, we're in the middle of East Nashville. We're going right by Publix. Just past Weiss Liquors. Coming up on Jerry's, Jerry's Artorama. Hawkers, Asian street food. Bolton spicy chicken and fish. A, re a relic of, of old uh, Gallatin Road. The beautiful spot-free rinse. The, the Hulk, the abandoned Hulk of the spot-free rinse which someone should turn into a coffee place where you spray coffee out of the old uh, car wash uh, water guns. What a great idea for a cafe. And like oat foam comes out of the, the scrubbing brushes, the foam brushes, free idea. Just past the old stadium inn. What a bunch of stories are still contained in that building and the walls of that building. And I guess they're turning it into a boutique hotel or something, which is like the main the main industry here in Music City. We're at the courthouse. I've been here before for undisclosed reasons related to. Uh, myths about bourbon I was just I was just being an outlaw just like Waylon and Willie they never told me it was illegal even though it's called outlaw you know you think outlaw turns out it's actually against the law okay I'm down at the bus station in downtown so I have to change here for uh I gotta figure it out. Okay, I missed my connection. I think I missed it, or I'm waiting 15 minutes. Now I'm on the elevator. Going up. I'm doing a report on the bus for the radio. So now I'm talking in an elevator, which is very uncomfortable for everybody, including me. I'm gonna stop. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You too. Can I get a ticket for uh, the three bus if I want to go out to Bellevue and back today? Yeah. What, what do I need? Just three dollars? Two dollars. Oh, round trip? That's all day. Oh, oh, it is. Okay. What are you doing there? I'm doing a recording. I'm doing a, a report on the bus uh, for NPR. Yeah. NPR. NPR. National yeah. National Public Radio. You listen to that? 
Okay, it's just a station. It's a 90.3 uh, 90, uh, 90 on, on... I'm trying to do a report on just how it is to ride the bus. I'm, I'm just going, I'm talking to people, you know, talking to you. What's your name? You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I asked, I asked the guy, I asked the guy on the bus if he wanted to talk. He said, I said, do you want to be on the radio? He said, no. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Uh, you could give me a general idea of where you live, like the neighborhood. In uh, Bordeaux. In Bordeaux. And so you can only get. You had to, you had to get out of the townhouse to roll and see, I live by at least 12 blocks from there. Okay. So I was just, well, I got all the way to my street and slipped up in the snow, broke oh my leg my. and my ankle, had to have surgery. Oh, that's horrible. Months. So, no. And when it snows and stuff, I do not. That makes sense to me. Well, that's that's so helpful. Uh, can you just give me your first name? Or you can use a fake name if you want. Let's just say Lisa. Lizzie? Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Okay, let's just say Lisa. Thank you, let's just say Lisa. That's very that's very important though. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the, the bus is great, but it doesn't go everywhere. And that's sort of a problem. Man, what a great conversation um, with uh, the woman behind the counter at the information and ticket booth uh, at the WeGo Hub down here downtown. Uh, I don't know if you could hear what she said, but she said that uh, I was saying the bus is a good idea instead of a car, and she said, well, yeah, but I'm, I live in Bordeaux, and, and the bus drops me off 12 blocks from my house, and one time in the snow, I was walking those 12 blocks from the bus stop, and I broke my leg. Uh, and I had to have surgery. So she said she doesn't take the bus if it's snowing. And she also mentioned that if the bus, if you want a bus to drop you off at the mall, it drops you off right at the door. But if you want a bus to drop you off at your house in Bordeaux, you gotta walk 12 blocks, which I think is uh, somewhat informative. But anyway, she was absolutely lovely. And uh, man, these experiences, just talking to strangers can be so heartening. I, I started this, trip out in a bad mood and I'm now in a very very good mood. I started out in a bad mood because it's winter time and I have a hard time with depression during the winter and um, I don't know I was not completely enthused about trying to ride the bus to Cheekwood today but now I'm lit up and it's thanks to people just interactions so that's it So, okay, I'm waiting for the bus here. I'm waiting for the three bus to Bellevue. And I'm just talking to a guy who happens to be a journalism student at TSU. My name is Nathan Price. I am a senior mass communications major at Tennessee State University. Can you get on the bus with me? Yeah, I'm on oh, the bus. Let's get on the bus. Yeah. Oh, did we miss the bus? Oh, no, she let us back on. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a car? So I actually don't have a car now, but it was cool because through Tennessee State University, they gave us actually free bus passes. And how do you find the bus experience? I'm originally from like a small town in Illinois. So coming from a small town and then moving to Nashville, it's it was a, an adjustment trying to get to figure out how to navigate this system. But um, it's pretty decent so far. Before I started riding the bus, they kind of talked about how it wasn't exactly reliable, but it's it's been pretty decent. See, I moved here from New York in 2001. And so for me, 
I immediately was told I needed a car here and that the public transportation was was bad, which it may have been in 2001, but that was a long time ago. So, but that reputation uh, sort of haunts it. You know, for, for, like a lot of people are saying, oh, don't, don't even try and ride the bus. You know, I don't find that uh, today that, that that's the, the case. I know that some of the buses don't go directly to some of them some of the routes don't reach where people live that's i guess the the continuing problem you excited about the new football stadium so with that i'm not exactly sure i actually just saw my first titans game like last sunday yeah and i i hope that since it was my first game they would go ahead and win for me but they didn't i mean oh no they're not winning at all we should make these guys win before they get a new stadium definitely i would think so because i mean um, they deserve a worse stadium, in my opinion. Honestly, the new stadium, there has to be some type of ulterior motive behind it, but we're still yet to see it. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what the ulterior motive is. is they're going to be able to hand out contracts to all their friends to build the bathrooms. I was just saying into the microphone before we talked, I have an assignment. I'm supposed to ride the bus today, and I didn't want to, you know, and then... I talked to about three people, and all, all of a sudden, I'm 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 in a great mood. Yeah, yeah. It, that's another thing about uh, I guess riding the bus is that if you are open to the experience, you might meet some very interesting people. When people ride things together, and I this is what I missed about New York City, is the bu- the subway. Man, after the pandemic, I went to New York to do a play, and I got to ride the subway, and it was so joyful because, first of all, the narrative that everybody's killing each other everywhere is not true. You know what I mean? The right-wing narrative that if you get on the subway, you immediately get killed. Right. Well, it turns out that's not true. And, it, you know, so, so, so it's also like an antidote to this mind control we're getting from these, um, you know, uh, news outlets that are making it seem like society is just unnego- unnavigatable and you need a giant pickup truck and you need to be blasting Sean Hannity in that pickup truck to just get the updates on the, the de- decay of civilization, you know? And, and, and that goes away when you get on the bus or when you talk to even one person you don't know. Especially in a place like Nashville where a lot of different people are coming together and looking for a community, like this can actually be like an interesting vehicle. It, it makes you think of people more as humans instead of just kind of like background characters. Right, we're all in this, we're all in this together and we are, are not reminded of that because it doesn't sell stuff. It doesn't sell... Um, you know, freeze-dried meals and bunker supplies. It does not. It does not sell anything. Community doesn't sell anything. Community is like, uh, you know, if you have a whole bunch of people in a sort of communal situation, you only need one toaster. But but if you have everybody all by themselves, then you you sell like you know seven toasters. Everybody buys into this old West mentality, like we need to be out there by ourselves. Being by yourself sucks in the end. It's it's not good. I mean, it's fun for a while. I mean, I think we all experienced it during the pandemic. First two weeks, sure, you're a poet. All of a sudden, you're writing poetry and all this stuff. But then after that, you need people to remind you that, that I don't know, you need people to just support each other. Yeah. Because people, they've gotten really, really comfortable with just being alone. Like... People get into an Uber and, like, please don't let the Uber driver talk to me. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But you'll never, like, you'll never know unless you just really try. So I feel like public transportation, if anything, it just really brings people back together. 
Thanks, Nathan. Just past Vanderbilt. Coming by the old Tin Angel. Tin Angel used to be a very popular restaurant. Now it's uh, it's been vacant for a long time. Coming up on uh, Murphy Road, uh, 440. Still can't see Cheekwood. Thanks, Nathan. I'm going to be getting off at Harding Pike. I'm sort of getting into the edge of Belmede. Um, that old theater, the Belmede Theater, which is like a bookstore now, or it used to be a bookstore. I don't know what it is now. I'm on uh, West End, headed out. I've been on West End for a little while now. Um, headed out to uh, toward Cheekwood. But I have a thing, I think I'm gonna run into a big problem very shortly. We're in the neck of the woods where the uh, people can put those private school vouchers to use. Did you know that most people uh, who use those uh, private school vouchers are uh, people who already have their kids in private schools? Okay, we're almost at my stop. And the bad news is the route ends and there's still a mile left to Cheekwood. It's probably not going to be that much fun for me. It's also raining a little bit. But I'm seeing this thing through and I'm also having a good time and um, having some really nice conversations. Thank you so much. Okay, here I am. I'm, I'm by a bunch of strip malls. Doesn't look like a cheek wood at all, and it's raining. And I got a mile to walk, which it says is going to take 25 minutes. Wow. So this is the part where it's no fun. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll hear part two of Nashville Confidential. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. This is Nashville. Now on to part two of Nashville Confidential with Chris Crofton. I'm on, I guess I'm on Highway 70 or something. Highway 70 and uh, Hicks Lane. I honestly don't know if I can make it today. Uh, I don't know if I can walk in this rain. I might have to give up short of my goal of Cheekwood. Oh, man. And I got to find a bathroom, too. So now I'm going to go to Chili's, I guess. Which is definitely not Cheekwood. Cheekwood is pretty. Chili's is Chili's. So I'm in the bathroom at Sprouts. I found a bathroom. Now, I'm going to see how close I am to Cheekwood. Do you know, is Cheekwood near here? Yeah, it's like 10 minutes that way. It's 10 minutes that way? Could I walk there? It's a long walk. Three or four hour walk? Really? I mean, that's how long you would probably take me to get there. Oh boy. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 10 minutes riding. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. 
That man told me it was 10 minutes <laughs> by car and f three or four hours walking, which can't be true. But anyway, I get the idea. He was basically saying, do not try to walk there. But I'm still going to try because I got to go to Cheekwood. I want to see what's out there. I don't know what's out there, really. I've been there before, but I forget. Usually I'm there to work a catering event, which I would definitely be late to by now. Okay, I've been informed I got off at the wrong stop, so I went too far. So I could have gotten within 1.1 miles of Cheekwood, which would have been a 25-minute walk. But instead, now I'm screwed. Um, but still, a 25-minute walk is a... This is a 25-minute walk. But yeah, I don't want... I'm not trying to intentionally demonize the uh, public transportation system. Um, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to make it sound worse than it is. But if you want to get to Cheekwood, y you get off and then you walk a mile. Which still, if you have a disability, ain't happening. How are you guys doing? I'm doing a report on the bus. I'm waiting on the bus. <laughs> yeah, where are you headed? Downtown to connect in Hermitage. You're going, are you going to Hermitage? Uh, do you work out here? Uh, no, we were out here trying to see about phone plans. Is there not an Xfinity or Ver corporate. Not a corporate store. There's this no. is the only one? Closest one on the bus, yeah. So how long did it take you to get from Hermitage to this? Two hours. You got to connect to another bus downtown. There's no any bus that you connect to any different part of town is going to take you at least an hour and a half. If you have to go downtown and go to another part of town and you're not just going down the road, you have to connect to another one, it takes you about an hour and a half at least. So I live in Madison. I decided to try to take the bus to Cheekwood. How was that? <laughs> it doesn't work. No. But I also missed my stop. So it's like a full, I, I'm not trying to be hard on You're the not bus. accurate with the information they give you online with the bus stops and what time and stuff. Really? Has it gotten better? No, not since I've been doing it. How long have you been doing it? What, for about a month now? My transmission went out, so we've been doing it for about a month. How's your feeling like? Would you get back in your car as soon as possible based on? Absolutely. What's your name? And what's your name? Sarah. Okay, Sarah, thank you for talking to me. Yeah, I'm, I got off at the wrong stop, so to get to Cheekwood would take... Oh, when you get off at the wrong stop, you're going to be doing it for at least three hours. There is a place, apparently, I could have gotten off where I would have only had to walk a mile. But my point is, if you want to be in Madison and you want to go to, say, somewhere beautiful like Cheekwood and you're tired of looking at auto zones, right. you might want to go to Cheekwood, but it's not that easy. It's not as simple as it looks. You gotta be a little humble to have to do this all the time. Well, that's the thing, and you shouldn't have to be. That's the thing is, if you live, when I used to live in New York City, it went this hard. People who ride the bus are not looked at like they might be uh, someone bad or something. Yes, public transportation is the rule, not the exception. But you have either, to either you don't have money or you're homeless if you're riding the bus, and that's just not the case most of the time. Well, see, right now, you know, we could use a shelter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they don't have those a lot. We've been to a lot of bus stops, and many of them, there's some, but not a lot, where they have the thing where it blocks the wind. Yeah, it's cold out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's really Did you get the thing done at Xfinity you needed to get done? Yes, yes did. we did. <laughs> yeah, we so did. what was that to do? Was that just to get a new phone line? Or? Yeah, we were getting new phone service. My Lord. <laughs> My goodness. Well... Oh, couldn't you do that on online? You could, but they had deals where if you came in, they had like a certain percentage off phones and stuff. Wow. 
So it was worth the ride to save the money. Well, nice to meet you. You too. And uh, well, we'll all be riding the bus together in just a moment. Okay. Okay, I'm on the three bus going back to downtown. And so far it's been uh, two hours and 25 minutes. I made it to Bellevue, but I did not make it to Cheekwood. And I'm quite cold. But I am, so I'm glad to be on the bus. Okay, so I'm on the uh, 56 bus now going, uh, I'm at the hub downtown. I'm on my way back from my aborted attempt to get to Cheekwood. Um, and I am about three hours into this trip. And I'm headed out on the uh, 56 bus toward Madison. I gotta say, altogether a very good experience, except for the fact that I didn't get to where I needed to go. Coming up on Briley Parkway, almost home. I'm here. This is the stop, um, the 56 bus stops right a few blocks from my street. Thank you very much, have a nice night. Okay, I'm on Gallatin Road right across from um, where I started. It is now, I left about quarter to three and it's 628. So that's the thing about the bus, is it takes a lot longer. And if you have to get to work, I mean, it really adds a lot of time. I'm back home and I'm, I'm grateful to uh, WeGo Transit, good people, fine atmosphere. Yeah, next time is uh, I'm gonna try and join Bellmead Country Club with 300 bucks. Many thanks to Chris Crofton for taking us on that interesting quest. Now I know if I want to take the bus to Cheekwood, as well as many other parts of the city, I better be prepared to walk. Thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by our senior producer, Tasha A.F. Lemley, and yours truly. It was directed by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Our technical director and board operator is Liv Lombardi. The masterminds behind our theme music of LaRange and Namir Blade. Special, special thanks to Miriam Kramer, Jerome Moore, and Chris Crofton. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you next week, everybody. And be good to each other.